0: Hey, 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 listeners, welcome back to another episode of Cables, Coffee, and Curveballs. We're back at it again. Rich and George, my main man, Sweet Lou. Do you think, fellas? Yes, indeed. Welcome back, guys.
1: Sweet Lou, how's it going? Hey, it's it's going. How are you? Excellent. Nice to see you on the other side of the glass, literally, today. We want to thank all of our listeners and all of the positive vibes and feedback we've gotten so far. But we're not here to be mushy and gushy and all that good stuff. Let's get rolling, George. What's our first topic of the day? That's right. First topic of the day, as usual.
0: Happy National Coffee Day today? to you, cousin. That's today, right. cousin? Today, today. Wow.
1: How convenient. Last time was National Bald is Beautiful Day. Can't forget that. The most beautiful, the bald people in the world here. Uh, and today's National Coffee Day. Uh... Give me, some, give me some fun facts about coffee, George. All right. Did you know? Did you know how coffee came about to be? If you talk about a cat and
0: cat poop again, I am leaving the room. No cats, no poop. Okay. But coffee was discovered by a goat herder. That's right. A goat herder. Someone that herds goats. And it said that he saw these, he saw goat eating these, uh, coffee cherries. And after he, afterwards, he observed uh, that their behavior, that they had gained high energy. They were kind of bouncing off the walls. The goat herder then shared his findings with the local monks. Interesting. And then the local monks went on and made their own drinks called coffee. And they shared this with other monks around the world. And then they realized that they could stay up and pray all night. And thus, coffee was born.
1: That's how coffee was born. That's how coffee not was Not from born. an Asian civet palm That cat, came whatever. much later yeah, in life. Unfair. Asian
0: palm civet.
1: Um, so another fun fact. Yes.
0: Coffee is a fruit after all because it came from a berry. I did not know that.
2: Oh, also, did you know that? No. Oh, ah, wow. No, I had no idea.
0: Ironically, my favorite food and favorite drink both come from goats.
2: So I want to take a quick step back though. Sure. That story started out with a goat eating the coffee, right? Yes, sir. Is this somehow tangentially related to the cats? Oh,
1: tangentially. Tangentially I got to look that up even though I can't think I know what it means. I I love the way
0: you're thinking, Lou, but I don't think I could do another episode on cat poop. Yes. Oh, okay. So let's move, right. with, I let's move it along.
1: I digress. <laughs> with that being said, I wanted to shout out Taza Cafe in Millwood, New York. Uh, that's who provided our coffee today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go-to spot, and hopefully everybody liked it. And I uh, just wanted to thank the the whole crew over there. It's my go to spot on a daily basis. So shout out. I won't say names because I know I'll forget somebody. But thank you guys. Coffee was great. Yes, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, other sponsor, of course, our boys at Saxon Hall, up on Route 300 in Newburg. Newburg. Thank you for getting that Newburg. I uh, just want to make sure you guys are uh, checking them out on their website, on their socials, and uh, definitely give them a visit. It's you know, again, we talked about it last time, but really cool stuff, and we're gonna drop them every time. And don't forget
0: us on our social media. You could always reach us at Guys. Easy to
1: remember, right? At Easy to remember. BaldAVGuys. Our followers are growing pretty quickly, George, since our last episode. I think we're up around uh, two dozen now. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. bad.
0: But tens and tens. Not bad.
2: Shout it out was to like,
1: keys. wasn't it only like three during our last recording? Well, right. it was I one, mean, Sweet you know. Lou was our first, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I think we're up in the 20s now. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I'll take it. Pretty, I'll take it.
0: But I let's... got
2: in on the ground level. I was there before. Yeah, you did. You school, did. You're. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: But uh, let's digress and move on. The big segment, the one that everyone's going to be listening to for today. Uh, we have a special guests here with us today. We have uh, John and Justin from Crestron, and they're here to talk to us about what everybody wants to hear issues with the supply chain. Are there issues with the supply chain? No.
3: <laughs> thank <laughs> well, thank you very much, <laughs> and I'll see you guys. Later.
0: Well, that
1: explains everything. <laughs>
0: Well, that was perfect. Thank you. Um, Anyways, John Hewlin and Justin Spengler from Crestron are here with us. You guys want to introduce yourselves?
4: Sure, George. Thanks. Uh, As you mentioned, I'm John Hewlin. My role with Crestron is uh, Director of Marketing on the education side. And I've been with Crestron for about 10 years. Um, It worked closely for seven and a half with the schools in the Midwest. uh, And uh, now a little bit more on the marketing side. Thanks for having me.
3: Yeah, guys, thanks. Thanks for letting us be your official first guests of the podcast. And yeah, Justin Spingler, working for Crestron for about five now. And uh, I'm more feet on the street, regional sales manager in the New York, uh, Philly metro area for schools, um, hospitals, those sort of guys. Educate anything educational.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on. And we couldn't have asked for better guests to be our first guests on the show.
3: Can let's I jump. Kind?
1: Yeah, well, Thank you guys seriously, but let's jump right into it, right? This is a hot button button topic and uh we're going to leave this first question open-ended for you guys. Uh tell us the manufacturer side of the story of this supply chain issue. We're just, you know, no specific question, just an open-ended statement to to start it off.
4: Well, if there's no question. I, I wanted to start it with a sincere apology. You know, the truth is I, I think it's this this whole time, uh, the supply chain issues that we've had have been really difficult for our schools uh, this summer. Trying to hurry up and finish summer refresh—it's just been—I um, know a headache, and I know nothing's changing overnight. So I just wanted to start by saying I'm sorry. We're we're uh, working with you. We want to work as closely as possible, and that's part of why we're here. But I also wanted to hopefully give you some encouragement. You know we. Spent some time recently on our town hall meetings. And, you know, back doing that, we were talking a little bit more about the the foundries and the chip distributors and production and warehousing and yada, yada. But even though we kind of had this intention to to illuminate it and, and to let people understand what goes into the production of our products and the complexity, uh, I, I think it was lost a little bit, you know, in there. So what I was hoping to do, George, is tell you a little bit about the things. We're trying to do right now to to navigate the supply chain issues and to alleviate things a little
1: bit. Is this specific so, to the the education industry, John? Actually, that's a, that's a good branch off question. I think
4: you know, no, we've seen we've seen issues like this all over the place. You know, I was uh, saying the other day, actually, everything from Crestron's residential side to the commercial, the corporate, but actually far beyond that. Uh, my wife and I ordered a front door. 18 months ago. Wow. And it, it took 18 months to get our front door delivered and installed.
1: Well, that puts things uh, in perspective.
4: <laughs> you know, well, the, I don't know if you guys saw the, the, uh, the article the other day about Ford and their uh, blue oval logos they were out of due to supply chain. Uh, so they literally weren't delivering some cars because they didn't have the Ford badge on the front. Wow. You know, and I mean, as bad as I
1: feel, think about that person. <laughs> Seriously.
0: That's a great segment. My next question, you know, over the last several months, we've been hearing six months out, one year out, get in line. You might be two years out. What can you tell us in your sincere, sincerest opinion? What do you think the best option is? Do Rich and I get some folding chairs and tents, and you know, camp out outside of 15 Volvo Drive like the latest video game that's dropping?
4: <laughs> I don't. I don't know if camping out is going to get the gear uh, quicker. Uh, more quickly, but you know, I will say, look, I've been in the AP industry 25 years. That, George, how long for you?
1: Uh, I don't want to put a number. 20 on plus. it. 20 plus. We both are 20 plus. We just say 20 plus at this point.
4: <laughs> okay, something, <laughs> 20 something. But you know, I, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, I mean, we That's fair. we're used to uh, you know two weeks after receipt of order, most everything will ship. You know, but um, but I truly believe that. We're facing the most difficult time in the AV industry for most manufacturers, at least, um, and from what I've heard, the, the last 50 years for Crestron. So it's, that um, yeah, it's it's more difficult than I have ever seen. And you know, I, I wanted one to, I guess, make sure everybody knows there is nothing we desire more than wanting to be able to build and ship the products right now. You know. Um, if if anybody might think that that we have stuff and want it just to sit on the shelf, that's, that's not it. You know, uh, we're, if you can believe it, I know it's a stretch, but if you can believe it, we're actually shipping more products than we ever have before, despite the lead times, or in addition to the lead times. So
0: So why do the delivery times keep changing? Let me give you both sides of that coin. Right. So I I've, put in an order and I've been told it's going to be six to eight months and it shows up in three months. And then I'm told, Oh, it'll be here in six months. And then I get a call saying, well, it's probably more like a 351 days.
3: (laughs) Um, you know, know, under a year, under under a year. (laughs) Um, you know, why that discrepancy? Uh, John, I think I'll take this one. Um, and, and unfortunately it's not even something for me to take. It's really more something for the integrator to answer. Um, There's so many variables that go along with this, uh, whether it's the quantity of product, the mix of product that's on the order, um, or what's going on on the integrator side of things. Maybe they had someone who uh, canceled an order or who canceled the project or a project got pushed. So all of that on top of the supply chain issue is all rolled into one. What I can say is we are doing first in first out order processing. So no matter the size of the dealer, no matter the size of the customer, or no matter the size of the order, Mm -hmm. um, you're in line when you place that order. I like that. Level with us here, though, guys.
1: Uh, What's the real hiccup here? Crestron prides itself on being, you know, U.S.-based, produced, et cetera.
3: Where is the hiccup? We absolutely do pride ourselves on being a a North American company. So we do have um, states, states. a production facility in the States, but we also have two production facilities in Mexico, which you know, we got to say North America. Nice. North America. Um, I amend my statement. My bad. (laughs) That's, that's okay. I'll let that one slide. (laughs) Um, But one example of the steps that we're taking to, to kind of beef up is something that we're, that's called burst production. Uh, So you have a product that's sitting on the shelf that might be um, 95% complete. And we're just waiting for that one little widget, the screw, the chip, the, whatever it is. Uh, so once that comes in, we can really churn out that product and, and, and get it going. Um, but the the real hiccup is what's going on in the world today. Um, there's, there's war, there's shipping issues. Um, I don't know if you guys watch 60 Minutes or not, but there was a thing on the Suez Canal with a boat that rammed into another boat. Apparently right. there's very large boating accidents and that backed up global supply chain for weeks just because one boat bumped into another boat and it backed up the entire Suez Canal. So there's 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 no one hiccup, it's a uh, a fit of hiccups that are going on around the world um, that have led to this unfortunate perfect storm of supply chain chain reaction. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say it sounds like a perfect storm. Yeah. Not in a good way.
4: Yeah. I mean chain reaction is a good a good term too. Uh, you know, it's I think a fundamental issue a little bit with just in time manufacturing, which affects everybody. you know it's in, in you know as we're trying to achieve efficiencies and you know keep things moving through the pipeline as quickly as we can, uh, obviously when you have big stresses against the system, it, it shows where there's weaknesses. And one thing about that though, is that w- we have more stock, than most companies, you know, I, I know of, we've kept it. We had an inventory of fifty plus million dollars uh, going into this, and it was even uh, increased um, uh, during this time. But as we've been shipping so much, I, I mean, there's there's so many issues from think about um, you know some of the, the chip manufacturers were shut down for a bit for COVID. It's like tapping your brakes on uh, in you know New York traffic. You know, and there was times, I lived in Southern California, and there were times where I'd be in the back of a traffic jam and finally get up to what the, you know, where traffic eased up 45 minutes later. And there was no accident. There was no car. It literally was that thousands of cars were in front of me, and one or two people tapped on their brakes, and it just, that sent the whole thing going into a traffic jam.
1: We know that all too well living here
0: in New York. That's why we take the subway. (laughs) I don't. But, uh, you know, to that point, John, my question is, you know, there are other manufacturers that contact me and their sales pitch to me is, well, we can get this product to you six months ahead of Crestron's. Our timeline is six months shorter than Crestron's, three months shorter than Crestron's, so on and so forth. What is keeping me from pivoting to those companies, to those manufacturers?
4: you know, first off, I, I do want to also acknowledge the reality. I mean, we know that there's uh, time-sensitive projects and things like that where um, there is no real alternative to to, to going out to the market and, and finding a solution anywhere you can get one. But, but I, you know, uh, so I do understand that. I guess what what I would say and what I would encourage everyone to do before they make that jump is. Is taking some time to talk to the education account managers. Talk to you know Justin and we have fourteen uh, a staff of fourteen around the U.S. and Canada just working with the schools. and And let me give you some examples how it really can help. I mean, part of it is the idea about moving beyond the specific instances we have in front of us and and putting our heads together, and getting creative, and you know maybe even forging some new relationships on campus. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that uh, we we have stock of things that maybe people aren't thinking of. I mean, uh, we have 10 uh, inch touchscreens, the TSW 1060. Uh, I looked over, you know, uh, our our stock list. We have over 500 in stock. So if you didn't need uh, the the Android part of the 70 series, uh, and if 10 inch works okay, we can deliver today. Uh, we have, you know, I looked up 300 units of the the white touchscreen 7-inch with no camera. So, did you need a camera, you know, integrated in your touchscreen? If not, over 300, you know, units of those sitting on the shelf. We have um, over 600 DMRMC scaler units, which are common, common. Uh, you know, they're the 4K units, just not the 4KZ units. So I do want people to, at least before, you know, you pivot and immediately go somewhere else, I hope that we can encourage collaboration. We can say, talk to the education account managers. Let's look hard at, at in the, the requirements of the road. Um, we may be able to surprise you in some instances.
0: Sounds like I'll be calling Justin a lot more
1: and send a unit to my house. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I mean, communication is key, right? If we don't know uh, what the problem is or we don't know what the bill of materials is, we can't come up with an alternative solution. Um, speaking of, alternative solutions are also a, another way to look at this and say, quite possibly, can I get this room done? Um, you had a best solution out of the good, better, and best. Could we possibly outfit this with a better For the time being. And then when your bill of materials does arrive, you could take that better out, put the skews in that you had and uh, move the better on to another room or to shelf stock. Um, Minimum requirements too. you know, do you have any products laying around out of a room that you decommissioned? Something else to think about, you know, Frankensteining a room together. (laughs) Yeah, we've all done that. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. Yes. George and I have done many of those over
0: the years. So I was
4: just about to say, who in education hasn't tried Of, course, of we, novels, course. We don't talk together.
0: about the skeletons in our closet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, well,
4: the, it, I, it, I mean, to Justin's point, too, I mean, we've got, you know, uh, the, you know, could you do something maybe like instead of a DMPS, could you do an HDPS switcher with a, a DM light, you know, extender and VC4? Uh, you know, if if you can, you know, we, we look at some of those as possibilities. Um, you know, we we we've talked a lot about standards. You know, for years I talked to a lot of my schools in the Midwest about standards, and the idea is that they're not just in place for um, a, a to to only have to do one design or cookie cutter, but there's there's implications to training your staff. Uh, time spent troubleshooting when you use parts that aren't part of the standard uh, compatibility issues, like whether they're working together or not properly, and so on and so forth. So there's there's a, a, a lot of consideration. Uh, hopefully, uh, at least before you know you turn into it.
1: Thanks, John. That's 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 really interesting to hear. So our our last our I guess our last formal question uh, before we kind of wrap it up. Obviously, Crestron's a big company. Obviously, Crestron moves a lot of products. What are the implications overall of this supply chain crisis on, you know, the financial bottom line, you know, org changes, things like that within Crestron? You know, anything that you can kind of touch base on with that? What can you comment on with that?
4: Well, you know, I, I heard our CEO, who's the the son of the founder, uh, George Feldstein. And, you know, financially, we're in a solid position. I mean, it's... It is very taxing to be ordering uh, the components and hundreds of thousands of, of suppliers ahead of time, but uh, and sometimes weeks or months, uh, you know, ahead of time. But um, you know what? He always believed in investing in tools that would allow us to expand when a lot of other com- companies were contracting. And so, I mean, if you look at it right now, we're hiring designers, we're hiring engineers, staff of all kinds really um to to fill in and to try to make Crestron more effective and more agile as as the technology landscape is changing and you know that's as far as the finance side on the org chart side we actually haven't downsized our team at all uh I mentioned we have a team of 14 A plus partner managers or education account managers like Justin and uh, they're solely devoted to, to working with the schools but I also want to mention, we've actually added some additional management support structure for our education market. So we have um, some of your listeners might have gotten an email recently introducing Rob LeClerc. He's uh, he's the regional director there to support Justin uh, and, and some of the other uh, managers in the eastern US and Canada. And then Gary Bush, who uh, I've worked with closely for years and has been with Crestron for about 12 years, is now named the VP of Education. Uh, So recently we sent Gary and Rob's contacts to everyone, uh, all the schools, all the partners on the East Coast and Eastern Canada, and then we sent Gary and Matt Pomeroy, our our gentleman on the West, uh, his info to those schools. So we want to try to shore up the support and to provide even more resources for you you guys. And, you know, I'm mentioning them because... You all have questions and concerns. I do want you to reach out to them also. So before
0: know. I call Justin, call Rob.
4: <laughs> How about before you call Justin,
3: call Gary? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Justin, not what not what if you think? want to
3: keep calling me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I really want to thank you guys both uh, for joining and and talking to us about this current and uh pressing issue um can I ask you both if you guys are willing to come back on a you know quarterly basis and give us updates you know give us good news right because that's all we want to hear these days
3: yeah absolutely I'd love to uh I always love to sprinkle and spread good news around so <laughs> whenever you want to have me here I'll be here and I'm sure it's same with you
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that went from being yeah, Joe yeah.
3: Flacco magic dust to the crush magic, magic dust, dust, in a good way <laughs>
4: Well, we, uh, we we really appreciate the opportunity, George and Rich. Thanks for having us, and, and sweet Lou, we appreciate it. Uh, and we do want to give you updates, man. I, I want to give you some better news as soon as possible.
1: Awesome. So, um, you know, you you obviously, Justin's here in studio. John, you're on, on the line. You could definitely stick around. Our next segment, uh, we're going to pivot into our sports and our streaming. So what, we're definitely going to try to loop you both in on this. So, um, you know, feel free to jump in, and we'll definitely prompt you at any time here. But, George, let's talk football. Uh, first of all, First yes, of sir. all, uh, your Super Bowl pick is looking horrible right now because you had Rams over Bills. Well, uh, You had Rams look terrible. You had Rams in there too. So. Yeah, but I had Bills over Rams and yeah. Bills look really good. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But We're only in week three. That's fair. Hey, the Jets are one and two. Giants are two and one. That's fair. Uh, Zach Wilson's coming back. No more Flacco Magic Dust. <laughs> Alright, so let's get... So the topic for today is uh, that, that everybody's seen a football game on TV at some point, whether you're a fan or not. Uh, and a staple of these broadcasting, um, you know, the games now is this yellow line on TV, right? The first in 10 line. Um, did you know, though, George, that it was originally a reddish orange color when they were first testing it out?
0: No. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Well, here's the, th- here's the irony. First of all, this first concept first came up back in around 1997. Ironically enough, through some testing in a sport that we don't really follow too much, hockey,
0: Nobody cares about Hockey Boomer. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Um, but what ended up happening was the spinoff from that uh, was they ended up, uh, I don't know, Sweet Lou might want to jump in here. They ended up looking into uh, kind of under the table. They had a guy looking into the keying. Is that a I, – I don't really know. This isn't my wheelhouse, Lou. So uh, could you give us a, a layman's
2: description of what keying is, please? Sure. Um, the most easy comparison is like when you have a green screen. You would perform a chroma key, select the color green, and that would remove green from the image.
1: That I think that makes a lot of sense. So basically, they were they had issues with how would you do this on a football field, right? First of all, the lot, the, the camera view was not straight on. The white lines, the green grass, the constant, the changing weather, the turf versus grass, all that good stuff. Uh, so eventually, long story short, you know we're kind of zo- zooming through here to the to the end. Uh, they had a separate truck. They had workstations. They had all sorts of uh, hardware and software things running, and it's like magic now. Like, can can you watch a football game now without the yellow line, George? Honestly, like I go in person and I'm like, oh, the yellow line's not there. Like it's like in your head subconsciously.
0: Actually, interestingly, if you watch the if you watch a Sunday night game, I think it was, and I'm I'm shocked that the Bronco coached and throw the red flag, but there was a play where Russell Wilson ran yes. to get the first down, yes. and if you looked at the yellow line, he clearly.
1: Cross the yellow line. Yeah, so he's on my fantasy team, and he's not. I'm zero and three, so that tells you everything. That's a whole another podcast.
0: Why he's you he on your about that? Um, you should do a whole another podcast. Why you should never again draft Russell Wilson. Fair, but you know it's 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 interesting, and you know I think I think I vaguely remember seeing a video on ESPN about how they did the yellow lines, and there was a, like you said there was a truck with like four or five, six, seven different yeah. cameras. There's a cool
1: YouTube video about it if you ever want to. We can put it on our at Bald AV guys Twitter, so you guys can check it out um but you know it's like these
0: cameras they read um they read everything on the field and it's 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 complete mathematics and coding of how that yellow line appears and it's truly just it's a really fun watch we should definitely put it on the on the on our twitter site and folks should definitely look
1: into it also uh here justin was a formal former football player Uh, in his heyday so what long time ago I mean you know like what are you can we get a thoughts from the the inner and and, and an ex-player here like what are what are your thoughts on this on the yellow yellow line yeah yeah.
3: I I think it's very cool I mean I looking at the way we watch sports nowadays um, versus when they're played as you're saying um, looking at them live uh, the technology that we see it has just Leaps and bounds, whether you're talking about football, baseball, the strike zone now when you see a, right. a pitch coming in. Um, Robo-ump's coming soon. Robo-ump's coming. I always said, why not have a, a little chip inside of the football? And that way you know exactly where the football was when they land and yep. first down. That's fair. Just like your iPhone. That's a, you know, um, yeah. I, I've patented that, by the way. Oh, the yeah. NFL Damn. is listening.
0: I was going to say, the NFL is going to be listening. That a million-dollar <laughs> idea. How
1: come nobody's ever come up with that? <laughs> Till now. Till now you have a prototype?
0: I was going to say Crestron is yes. building a chip Crestron right now. building the prototype in Rockley. <laughs> 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 um, but, you know, it doesn't stop at
1: the yellow line. Have you noticed those sky cams, bro? Those things are crazy. Yeah, and the cool thing about it is you'd think that it's all automated, right? But it's not. It's actually a crew. Uh, it's a two-man team. Uh, there's a pilot and a camera operator. Um,
0: and and how know. do they not hit the players that well, are on the field?
1: Well, I th- you know. I'm sure there's, you know, logistics and safety precautions in in play there. Justin, I think we were talking about it before,
0: and
3: you said you were at the game this past weekend. I was at the Jets game on Sunday, and I was staring at the SkyCam, and I was very impressed with how close they did get to the huddle and to the players without hitting them. It's, it's, yeah.
1: Speaking of that, I I was looking this up a little bit. Uh, There actually have been a few mishaps over the years. Um, All the way back – Mind you, all the way back to 1984, this, this goes, okay, um, which was when I was born. So uh, remember, I'm not 40 yet, <laughs> even though George is. I'm 26. Plus 16. Uh, but the, there was a mishap back in the uh, Olympics, uh, but the one I really wanted to talk about was uh, in 2011 at a college uh, bowl game, evidently. Uh, the Skycam actually crashed onto the ground with two minutes left in the game, and a wide receiver was like so close to it that he literally, he luckily came out of it okay. He didn't get hit by it, um, but that was listed as one of the two biggest Skycam mishaps um, in, I guess, of all time. I mean, of course, let me ask you this Yes.
0: Did he catch the ball?
1: Uh, I do not know the answer to that, but maybe one of our listeners. Mm, incomplete any, research. Do we have any oh, Iowa Hawkeyes fans out there? No, all right. I, I
4: was just thinking that might be the the end to the storied career of Tom Brady. Who knows? Man? Maybe his <laughs> drone runs right into. The, well, you know, I mean, he'll
1: he, figure it, out a way around it. Well, so, well, it's funny because true. I was reading a little more about these sky cams, right? And evidently the the NFL is dabbling in drones. Um, Obviously, there's a little bit more to it because they're free flying; they're not on the, you know, the cables and everything. Uh, I know our our buddy Sweet Lou here is really big on the drones, um, so I don't know, Sweet Lou, you got anything to add on that? Like how how what it what would the starkest differences be between you know having the sky cam on the cable versus like you know a, a, an actual
2: drone flying around there? There's a lot of logistics there for sure. Um, the as a proud owner of a drone that I've crashed numerous times. <laughs> Nice. The older generations of drones were very easy to crash. Um, You know, there was no sensors on it. So it was kind of like, you know, if you're using a transmitter, whether it's like a phone or a tablet or something like that, it was there was a little bit of a delay, there's a little bit of latency with the signal, it was very easy to go directly into a tree. And then like half a second later, be like, Oh, cool. Now I gotta go find that drone. Nowadays, there are so many sensors on the drones where it can detect if it's too close to a wall, too close to a person. It won't land over here. If it goes upside down, it can figure that out. Um, So to me, I think using a drone with all these sensors now, like you almost got to try to crash drones nowadays. You know, don't get, I can still do it. Um, (laughs) But like, like, I'll give you a good example. I was, I was with my dad recently and he wanted to get the roof of his house done and he asked me if I could bring the drone over to look over the roof um and there this is stupid um but there were like two telephone wires and he was like can you can you thread the needle and i was like yeah and I just went right through it, but like with an old it's drone, like, yeah. I guarantee you, I would have like hit one of those. Sweetly. He was
1: very casual. I think he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you could thread well, pretty much
0: anything. It, these I'm, gonna, I'm not
2: going to chicken out in front of my dad. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but yeah, so I think from that perspective, it, it offers a lot more safety because if you were to get too low, it's gonna, it, it's not even gonna let you. You know, it's gonna detect like, oh, you're you're gonna chop this person's head off, right? Because oh. there are there are drone horror stories for sure out there right. that might be too not family friendly for this podcast. Um, <laughs> But I think that's kind of one end of it. And the other thing that's starting to happen is the apps um, can connect and, like, stream, like, to whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Nice. So I think the technology might be there where you can kind of pipe in the video signals straight from a drone into a broadcast or something like that. So
0: I just want to say we really, really um, unlocked what really gets sweet loot ticking.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like dorky video shit. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I see his eyes light up. His yeah. eyes light up. Oh, crashing drones is my favorite
1: pastime. <laughs> crashing <and> drones. <laughs> I think I figured out how to use that button. Yeah, I, so, I, thank goodness. It only took you an episode and a half, but, but here we are. Let's stay in the sports sector for one, for one last thing. Uh, it's, it's tech, obviously, again, too, but evidently uh, there's a, a company out there dabbling. This is from Feb 2022, so not too long ago, six months. Uh, they're creating pads, so safety equipment, uh, with 3D printing.
0: Yeah, I did see this. This was really cool. And it might be the future of football, right? I mean, and and Justin, you know, as a player, you tell me, right? If I can 3D print, you know, protectors, shoulder pads, rib, is that really soften the blow of someone coming at you at full speed? I,
3: I've never been hit by these guys that are this large <laughs> and this fast in the NFL. But yeah, yeah my guess would be um, 3D printed, Form fitted exactly to you. Uh, it's got to help out in some way. Um, I will say, helmets are starting to look a little weird nowadays. Yeah, I noticed that the other <laughs> night are, at the Giant uh, game, actually. Helmets and face masks. Yeah. yeah. They, these guys put a lot of thought into their face masks, yeah. and some of them are out there. Yeah, they are. I like the Giants. Lo- the, that was the old school logo the other day. That was I the old helmet. The, yeah, the they way. had that. They were obviously out of fans. fans yeah. but I love
1: that helmet. Yeah. I, they should. Anyway, that, before we leave the 3D printing, How about, this This directly relates to it, (laughs) evidently, this is from three weeks ago, evidently dust from Mars. From actual Mars? From actual Mars. So our our good friend Jimmer would be really really stoked about this since he believes in aliens and that whole thing. Um, He sees them, you know. He sees them, yes. Evidently, they're considering or testing (laughs) somehow Martian rock as a material to use for 3D printing. Evidently. It'll be from modesty. It's of this from tech world. radar. It's not like from the you know, tech is a yeah. pretty you know, it's a reputable site, yeah. I guess, right?
0: Yeah, it's an, it's it, it's interesting. I mean I think I think especially football and contact sports like you know, like football are going to need some kind of breakthrough um, technology that protects their players um, from such injuries as we know, you know, football with the C T E and long term uh, injuries and such. So you know, research is good, I guess.
1: Yeah. To, let me read this blurb because this is, this is wild. To create a viable material, the researchers combined simulated Martian rock dust with a titanium alloy selected for its strength and heat-resistant properties, heated the materials to over 2,000 degrees Celsius using a high-powered laser.
0: I love lasers.
3: <laughs> it's like a laser beam. Does it say why Martian dust is, is or just because it's cool?
0: Because it's out of this world.
3: It, 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 one of the one of the quotes from this
1: company it says it gives you a better, higher strength and hardness material, so that it can perform significantly better in some applications. So Martian dust, three D football pads, helmets coming soon to a field well, near you. you know,
0: if it's from Mars, I trust it. Yes, and Jimmy does too. Anyways, let's move on from our sports section and into our streaming season. All right. So last week we talked about a whole bunch of shows. Um, Justin, John, let you guys let's get you guys back in this. Uh, You've been you guys watching any binge watching any shows lately?
3: Uh, the Lord of the Rings show on uh, Amazon, as well as the um, Dragon, Return of the Dragon, Return. not Return of, of the Dragon. That was Bruce Lee. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, also uh, a good movie.
0: But, yeah, 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 fair. That's fair. Um, the, the Game of Thrones Game prequel. Of Thrones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, how do you, I mean, you know, I'm just waiting for them to put all the series, out so I could binge watch it. I just don't like the week to week, but tell us a little about the show.
3: No spoilers. No the, spoilers. The one thing, and this might be a, a pseudo spoiler on the Game of Thrones That's one, fair. but the one thing I don't like about it is how far they're jumping ahead in, I think it's four episodes we've jumped 12 years or 15 years ahead and it's just, you got to wonder. So they are skipping. They're, they're skipping they they are dancing around um, and you gotta wonder why I, I guess there's not a that good of writing yeah or you, know? well, you can't
0: have ten seasons of the
3: same show
2: is yeah. it actually based on the book or is this like a made for TV sort of thing
3: that that I don't know I have no idea
2: like I don't know if George R, R. Martin wrote the because I think this is the the backstory connecting to the beginning of Thrones. Like I think that's the goal. Right. Yeah, it's the
3: story of the Lannisters and that lineage, basically. He he didn't even finish the last yeah. episode of the real series, right? So he's I don't got know two he wrote... books left. Yeah. Oh really? Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, he's made enough money. He doesn't need to finish those books well, I anymore. Know, well, he
2: needs to finish them. <laughs> that's a different topic.
1: I I I stay pretty silent on that. I'm. Embarrassingly, I've never even watched Game of Thrones. I guess eventually I'll get around to it. It's not really my uh, genre, if you will. But evidently, George keeps telling me I should watch it anyway. Yes, so. you need to. Yeah. What are you watching, John?
4: Uh, well, you know, uh, we finished recently. Uh, I think it's just the first season of the show, Surface, uh, which is is really kind of crazy. It's like a thriller slash um, uh, wh- done it. It's, it's about a woman who loses her memory and she's trying to figure out what's going on with her. Mm. And so, so that was kind of cool. I liked it. I was looking forward to the next season. I mean, stranger things, man. That, uh-huh. You know, stranger things. I mean, I won't belabor that point, but it's just it's, as a child of the 80s, how can you not love watching, you know, the corded phones that you walk around <laughs> the corner with so people wouldn't hear you talk?
0: Uh, thank you, know, you for bringing uh, that up John. i love that show that show is i cannot wait for the final final season
4: oh I'm, so, I'm i'm looking forward to it so much and then actually my wife and i were just finishing bad sisters and it's kind of a it's a it's kind of maybe a dark comedy about you know uh an, a, a death and you don't know if it was an accidental death or if there was foul play involved but it's uh it's a what platform is that sisters. You know, oh man, I should know you would ask. I think
3: that's Apple TV. Apple TV. Okay.
4: Sister, but don't quote me.
3: No. And if you like the nostalgia of Stranger Things, Cobra Kai. Oh, I you read my mind. I actually was I made a mental note.
1: That I've watched the first two seasons. Initially, I was like, "No way, this is not going to be good." It's really freaking good. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I got to get back on it though. I have not yet started. It's worth it. I think there's like four or five. It's in the five, fifth fifth, the season fifth season now, season right? Yeah. Out. Yeah, I've heard it's a good watch. So. One thing I actually just wanted to quickly mention: we talked about Breaking Bad last week. All right, uh, our, our our very own Sweet Lou is is a huge, I, probably beyond huge fan, right? Um, contradicted
0: your statement.
1: Yeah, well, never he heard of the... it. Let's not. He's never heard. of it. <laughs> Listen, let's go back to the recording. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I've been I've actually been in touch with some of, some of Lou and I. Lou and I share some students, uh, and and through the grapevine, I've heard that his his PowerPoint or his presentations in class in general powerpoint or the not other so- such
2: i actually am anti-powerpoint okay sorry
1: yeah. what do you use i'm sorry
2: this is google docs oh sorry honestly, google docs yeah. all
1: right so google slides google docs every single
0: uh, we are not this, sponsored by microsoft yes we are not
1: evidently this this is what my student told me so correct me if i'm wrong okay. uh, almost every single slide or page has a breaking bad picture reference or something is it's, that true
2: it's not that bad oh, okay um but Pretty the, close. the rule is that if I don't reference it at least once, uh-huh. it's not a day.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, so do you, like, owe them something if you don't reference it? No. Like, it's like just, a, I think it's like, just
2: disappointing okay. at this point. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah.
1: Which
0: yeah. character is most referenced?
2: It, it's usually in context. It's usually about, like, lighting or oh, nice. camera or yeah. something
1: like that. I mean, what a
0: show to it's
2: use. It's not out part. of – sometimes I do just throw a curveball <laughs> in there. But ah, curveball. Curve See what I did there? Well uh, done. I like what you did there. No.
0: Oh. Oh
1: there we go. go. Well done. George has been learning the soundboard.
0: <laughs> Work in progress.
1: Uh George, what are you watching right now?
0: I've been watching the staircase on HBO, okay. Colin Firth. It's it's a really interesting show. It's going to annoy you as much as you enjoy it because there isn't it is a it's kind of a mystery, but you don't get an answer because it's a true story and the person's still alive and they still haven't spoken about what happened. But all the events that lead up to it and all the different angles and the perspectives—it's a great show. Is it like
1: sci-fi, or like what is it?
0: No, it's like a murder mystery. Oh, okay. It's a murder mystery. Okay, um, well, it's still a mystery because we don't know. Fair, fair. Uh, But you know, Confort is fantastic. Um, Sophie Sophie Turner's in it, and unrecognizable because I expect her to be Sansa Stark and nobody else. Uh, but that might be a more me thing. But um, overall, I think it's it's it's
1: so well done. Um, I really enjoyed watching it. I don't have a good streaming thing to add right now. I'm actually watching a lot of live, like the live shows all come back in September. So suddenly I'm like back, I have like Monday night shows, Tuesday night and then suddenly I have no time for stream, but I do want to...
0: Rumor um, has it you're watching the second season of Only Murders in the Building. Yes, yeah, so
1: I am almost done with that, but I didn't want to touch on that yet until I finished it. I heard there... Is there a season three coming?
0: Season three's already announced. Season
1: three's already announced. So uh, let's get, we'll get to that in a, in maybe in a future episode, maybe episode three or episode four, but uh, I, I do always like checking in on everybody and see what what their, what their streaming
3: recommendations are. And is it always streaming?
1: Well, right. it, I uh, mean, we just call it streaming season, but it could be anything really, because you know it's whatever. Like it, we talk about movies, like we're cool yeah. with that. I think it all falls under one
3: category, right? Yeah. I was yeah. wondering how many people still have the terrestrial TV. Now, I, I'm one of them, and I won't get rid of it as of yet. But I know a lot of people who've cut the cord, and
1: I'll I'll do you one better. I still have a cable box. Yeah, I go. do. I'm a YouTube TV guy. <laughs> I. <do. laughs> I, I have Apple TVs everywhere in the house and I'm full on cut the cord streaming at this point. So I'm, I'm all in on that, but,
4: um, you know, I still have the cable box too, but you know, I mean, and I could probably stream it, but Goldberg, man, I mean, Goldberg, dude.
1: That just went is, off the air, didn't it? Or something happened crazy that a main character uh, went off the air?
4: Yeah. Did I just give dad, a spoiler? The dad, I guess.
1: Oh, Okay. I don't no, watch it. I just uh, well, saw it online. N-
4: I guess it's not as much of a spoiler. Right, right. It's just in that he kind of, you know, the Hollywood cancel thing. Right. And they kind of just took him off. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was weird. I saw an article and I was like, oh. Mm You know, if you have a cable box, good shows to watch are Friends and Modern Family. Just so you know, I get those on YouTube TV also. All right, fine, whatever. And I have a whole repository in my cloud library that
3: I can watch at any time.
0: As I said, whatever.
3: And you want to go way back Everybody loves Raymond. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs>
1: it's still on TV. It,
3: the, brother, still the brother the brother might be the, it the brother. Amazing. I'm
0: not I'm not sure you could find that on any streaming
1: service. uh we'll have to take a look. Maybe one of our listeners can tell us, dig that up and let us know. That's a that's a great show to watch, you know, falling asleep at night. Anytime really, but you know. Listen, uh, I think that's all we have for today. I just want to thank yeah. John. I want to thank Justin. This was phenomenal. Thank Sweet Lou on the other side of the glass as always. always. Thank our our listeners. Um, we we wanted to end each of our shows with uh two bald guys walk into the bar, you know, like a you know little thing. Um, instead this week we're gonna end it with a joke. Uh, bald guy jokes because we feel like you know that's how I'm we. I'm not operate, sure if
0: right? our our listeners were. Too careful and didn't right. want to post any yeah, bald yeah, guy yeah. jokes. Right. Again, you yeah, guys can post. We're cool with it. We have thick skin. Seriously, Very thick
1: skin. Also, before you get to the joke, one last shout out to our coffee uh, provider of today, Taza Cafe Millwood, and our yeah, guys yeah. At, and our guys at Saxon Hall up in Newburg. Yeah, their yeah, tax yeah. Throwing so, uh, George, I'm going to leave the joke to you since you found it. This is a really funny one, and uh, let's let's wrap it up with this. Sure. Hey, Justin and John,
0: let me ask you guys.
1: Do you know why a bald guy left
0: the wig shop without buying one?
3: Why no, no idea. Why did the bald guy leave the wig shop without buying
0: one? Because he forgot to pay.
3: Oh, well done. Well done.
1: <laughs> I think this might
0: be the first time I get the timing on that.
1: Perfect that was fantastic. <laughs> and, 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 and with that being said, uh, we have a great episode three and four lined up. We have some other guests who will give us some other great content similar to what John and Justin gave us today here with Christian. Uh So we wanted to thank them again uh, and some teasers for the for the next few episodes. We have a, our, our partners with Avixa, um, something with the metaverse also in episode four. The metaverse. The metaverse, which a lot of people are, you know, it's a it's kind of those hot topic, you know, like cool buzzword things, but nobody really knows what it is, right? So that's kind of a preview of what we're, we're looking at for the next couple of episodes. So um, we we hope that you enjoyed this one. And uh, again, thanks to John and Justin for joining us. This was great. Yeah, very cool. Hey, Thank thanks, you, guys.
4: guys. Oh, wait, I, I do have one suggestion is come up with a cool uh, sound effect that George can work for the yes.
1: metaverse. Yes, <laughs> yes, I agree <laughs> with that. Done. We will sold. So, uh, we'll we'll work with Lou Louis. on that. We'll oh. work with Sweet Lou on and, that
4: one other idea man you guys george are you president-elect of ccumc
0: that's right he uh is. i am the president mr. elect president. and he, i will he's officially officially. i will president. i refuse
1: to call him mr president
0: you will call me mr president <laughs> as long as you don't sing I'm happy birthday, <laughs> happy
1: birthday well, mr. President. well don't ever sing
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you john i will take office um and follow the great donny Merritt on july 1st 2023 Oh, terrific. shout out to Donnie well listeners that's all we have time for today John, Justin thank you so much and keep listening keep sending us your feedback at Bald AV guys um, and we look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you again in a couple of weeks
1: see you for episode 3